Welcome to the Lincoln Baptist Daily Reading Programme. Today is day 8, meaning we are in Genesis 15 and 16, and then into Mark chapter 2. Let's begin with our Old Testament passage. We already know that God is going to bless Abram, but chapter 15 gives us more detail. Abram has no children and well into his 70s at this point, so there's very little hope of having any children. And it's really quite devastating to realise you can't have children. Yet it's all the more so in biblical times, for it was deemed as a form of punishment by God. You must have done something wrong to not be blessed with children. So when God says to Abram that he's going to be blessed, it's really quite hard for Abram to grasp this, for he has no children. Yet in verse 5, we get God's response and the focus of this blessing. Abram will have a son, and from this son, he shall have a family larger than the number of the stars that he can count in the sky. Through Abram and this son, there would be a nation of people. If we head further into chapter 15, we learn how this promise will come about, and it's not going to be an easy ride to see its fulfilment. This nation that would come from Abram would be foreigners, oppressed for over 400 years, suffering as a people and slaves for another master. However, God will punish this ruler and will bring his people to safety and to a land that they can call their own. It doesn't really fill you with confidence, does it? Here, have this blessing, but before it can be truly revealed, four centuries of trial will pass. But we must remember that God is outside of time and therefore doesn't operate as we would. He can create the world in six days and he can wait 400 years before his people are freed from captivity. But when we apply that to our own lives, in this situation right now here in Lincoln, we can also see that God is outside of time. We're in a national lockdown, one that's likely to last a few months, one that causes great despair in our land. Yet God is still working out his plan. He doesn't operate under our time scale, but his time scale. We need not lose hope, for God continues to beckon people to him, transforming their lives by the truth of the gospel and showing us that he is still very much in control. Well, back to Abram and Sarah in chapter 16, it seems that relationships really aren't Abram's strong point. He previously lies about his wife saying that she was his sister, and now we see him willingly taking another wife so that he can have a child. He had not forgotten the promise of God, rather he was impatient, no longer trusting that God's plan would work. So taking matters into his own hands, he takes Hagar and has a son, and one he calls Ishmael. What comes next really is the mess that comes from not being faithful within your marriage. Abram and Sarah are at odds and Sarah and Hagar hate each other. The clear lesson is to trust in God's planning, patiently waiting for God to act rather than acting on his behalf. If God can wait 400 years to bless his people, then we can wait a little longer to see his plan acted out in our lives. Getting really practical, we shouldn't see this lockdown as the plan being ruined. We should see it as God being at work. The question is not, when will we get back to normal? The question is, what does God require of us right now? We're not to take matters into our own hands. As it says in Proverbs, we're not to even lean on our own understanding of the situation. We are to trust in God. Let's head into our New Testament passage in Mark's Gospel, and we have multiple interactions with Jesus in this chapter, beginning with a display of incredible faith. Before we get to that, though, notice in verse 2 what Jesus was doing with the large crowd that was crammed into this house. He was preaching the word of God. Do you know, we seem to have forgotten that Jesus preached and taught the crowds as our example. 
Why do I think that? Well, so often our churches are about entertainment, a great show, a good feeling. Yet the example of Jesus is to take every opportunity to preach the gospel and to teach the word of God. While this preaching was happening, some of the friends of a paralytic brought him to Jesus. Not discouraged by the struggle to get inside, they cut a hole in the roof. I mean, come on, that is some level of faith. So convinced in Jesus that they literally cut a hole in the roof and lower the friend toward Jesus. And in response, Jesus does two things. He forgives the sins of the man and he heals him, making him walk again. Now, rather than celebrating some of these things, some people were shocked for Jesus to say that he was forgiving sins means that he is either blaspheming or he's declaring that he is God, which ultimately is a blasphemous statement. You see, we know that Jesus already has the authority as the reader. We know that he has all authority in heaven and on earth. We know he can forgive sins, heal the sick, cast out demons and teach the word of God. But at this moment, that was all new and fresh to the people. So this was a great shock for them to hear these words. But our next interaction is Jesus calling Levi to follow him, to become a disciple. He was a tax collector and therefore universally hated. Many questioned this choice of Jesus, yet Jesus points out he hasn't come to collect a group of righteous people. He's come to save the lost. Jesus is that great physician, and upon meeting Jesus, lives are transformed forever. My question to you today is, do you know that truth today? Have you been transformed from being lost in sin to being found as a child of God? But as we come toward the end of this chapter, I want to pick up on the matter of the Sabbath, that seventh day of the week dedicated to rest and focusing our attention on God. Jesus and the disciples are accused of not caring and abiding by the law of the Sabbath because they picked some grain and ate of it on this Sabbath day. But I think this final verse of our day's reading is really important here. Man is not made for the Sabbath. We don't find our meaning or our purpose in the Sabbath. Rather, the Sabbath was made for man so that we can have a day to commune with God, finding our meaning, finding our purpose in our relationship with him. What I want you to see in today's reading is this. Being a Christian isn't about do's and don'ts. It is about a relationship with God, one that is built on faithful and patient trusting in Jesus, trusting him today, trusting that we are forgiven in him, that we are redeemed in him, that we are blessed in him and through Jesus, we're able to live life to the full. Let's close by praying together. Father, we do praise you that we can spend time communing with you, speaking with you, telling you what is going on in our hearts, trusting the answers that you give us. Father, we pray that we wouldn't be like Abram, that we wouldn't take matters into our own hands, but rather we would faithfully and patiently trust in you. Father, we thank you that you are that great physician that you have sent Jesus to save the lost. And so, Father, we praise you for we are lost, but we are now found in Jesus. And we praise you for the privilege that is being children of God through faith in Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen.